morning again on this March 20th, 2019, middle of the week. Hope again, again, I hope this uh, morning finds you well. Continue using uh, this short season. It's going to be another three years uh, or more. Short season of the Lord to finally uh, bring obedience to fulfill uh, my obedience before Him. Back upon the, uh, look at some notes here, sites of study. What is the date on there? You know, sometimes my handwriting sucks, you know. January 25th, 2017. I look back contextually and try to figure out, okay, Lord, what were you putting by my heart? What was what was going on back then? I lost my notating, my journaling ability. So I don't remember. I don't know. Well, <laughs> so whatever was going on, God was working in my heart. I guess it was maybe it was allowing me. You know, when we get into God's will, when we get into Christ Jesus, He'll open our eyes to allow us to see the world as He sees it. He gets greed. He sees the loss. He sees that He even sees those professing to be brothers and sisters in Christ that are thinking they're walking with him and they're not. Um those that are those that have strayed off we those of us that have strayed off an air that he wants to use us to go to lovingly and bring them as a brother and sister in Christ Jesus back back to him. Those that are running from the fold um, first and foremost, it needs to be pastors and uh, you know, uh, shepherds and elders and whatnot that are the lead that go after when, when a sheep goes astray, which we uh, do. Sheep follow leaders. Sheep follow themselves, follow the shepherds. Uh, they're supposed to, and, but they will go astray. They'll see a blade of grass out there as they're going in there and say, ooh, that tastes good. Let me go over here and the rest of the flock is over there. It's just, man, what are you doing over there, girl? What are you doing over there? Get back over here. The sheep don't go after themselves. It's the shepherd that ha- ends up leaving the other sheep. Like Jesus says, he'll go off after one. He wants to say, well, we still have 99 more. We'll just, you know, we'll ask the God, God, go ahead and bring more in there so we don't worry about that one. No, no, no. He don't say that. A true shepherd of God will go after that one and send us up. Man, keep an eye on these other sheep. I gotta go get this, I gotta go get this boy or get this girl over here. Get him back. You know, in most cases, they're gonna pick them up and put them on their shoulders. Love them, bring them back, wash them off, clean them up. Uh, it's just like externally, because they went into the muck, they went into the mud. You know, they chased after their own dreams, their own visions. While well, I'm getting convicted, uh, I know and understand a little more what that means. Okay, who's God want me to go after? Okay, that's a prayer request, but. Let's think about marriages and biblical marriages. We got religious marriages, biblical marriages, marriages. Then we got worldly ones. They're only based at, you know. And this is awesome the way God is doing this because I didn't get to the marriage day, the marriage point back in 2000. Let's find the engagement. It's just like I was sure that was the woman that God had for me. Too bad I didn't know God. We were in the church. 
we prayed, we even occasionally read a Bible verse out there. That don't mean nothing. That don't make it right with God. It's when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're born again by Him. You know, you don't do the stuff that God says, mm-mm, that's only for marriage. Don't, don't cross that light. <laughs> I said, because it's only going to get you deeper consequences down the line. <laughs> and, so it's like, and, you, and the works of your flesh ain't going to get you out of it. <laughs> it's only me. But he had me thinking of marriages. We're going back to Genesis chapter 2. I think it's yeah, chapter 2. Whoops, wrong one. Um, starting in verse 21 through, we're going to go to the end of this chapter. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Notice Adam was already on the earth. The woman was not yet created. She's getting ready to be created now. Um, I can say humorously, I said, wow, that's when all her troubles begin. No, not really. <laughs> it was a help. Excuse me, take no offense. It was a joke <laughs> this morning <laughs> to wake you all up. <laughs> I am sitting down as one brother out there, you know, a sit down comic, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Uh, King James, cause that's pretty much the only one that's in the software on the laptop, and I haven't downloaded the other. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman. Notice woman's got the word man in it. You can't separate the two. As men, as men and women come through the womb of woman, woman came out of man. So, two together, they're one in Christ Jesus. They both need salvation. One can't have salvation and not the other. You know, you don't, you know, they're either both lost, one lost, one saved, and you don't have a right being a man or woman. Now, one can get saved first, and love the other one as God loves us and point people to Jesus bringing them to Christ it could go either way husband gets saved first wife can save first I'm not going to say what order as far as that goes but there's an order of creation God was always was is and always will be um, the earth was created ne- next Look, all the way through Genesis, man, the male was next. But before he created the female, his wife, he created the creatures first. Um, cattle, whatever else was out there. Horses, doggies, kitties, whatever's out there. Uh, skunks. That must have been humor. I don't know. No, but he created all the animals. And brought him to Adam, and Adam was the one charged with it. However, the garden was created, but there was nothing in it yet. But he needed man to tend to it. So man was called to the first job. Wife was also called to the job with him. Not to stay home and just make some food and prepare the home. You won't even see that in the scripture. Matter of fact, you won't see that when any of them, Sarah, Sarah for the most part, did a lot of that stuff. We're not going that deep, however. Her calling was to go into the work that God had called Adam to be his helper, period. 
you want to argue, argue with God. You're not going to argue with me. You're not going to try and pull out scriptures like Satan is very good at doing out of context and try and say, well, you got to do this. Gotta do this. Well, we train people up. No, we train people up to know God. Period. End of story. God's in control. God's When God is lead of the house, lead of the man, lead of the woman, God is first overall. Period. Never will come out of that spot. We can drop him down to that spot. William Mary. Children don't become number one. God stays number one. In the marriage, it's husband and wife. They're one now. One flesh, as it says here. The children don't come in there and slip into that spot. Mm-mm. Don't go there. Uh, oops, hit the wrong button there. I hate it when I do that. Um, the children don't in replace it. Children, yeah, they are hopefully only in there. Hopefully, well, they have to receive Jesus Christ or they're on their way to hell. Whether they do or not, that's on them, not on their parents. But the parents have to live according to God, have to go to God first. Okay, God, where do you want me to move? What job do you want me to take? You, know, Where do you want this tent to be set up? What city, state, nation? Whatever town, you know, help us to honor our parents. Now, Adam and Eve, of course, didn't have no parents. After that, they had parents. We are required to honor both sets of parents. You know, that's going to get to it in a second. Okay, let me get to it now. Therefore shall a man leave his father and, and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they should be one flesh. Yeah, that is true. You know, both sets of parents. I've heard false teachers ignorantly say this. It's because they took the rise of the Lord. Or they may be an outright false teacher and need repentance. Mm-mm. I ain't judging that one. I'm just saying exactly what the scripture says. You want the answer to that one? Go over to Ephesians 5.31. It's given. This very verse is quoted by God through the Apostle Paul in that one. That's referring to Jesus Christ. He left the Father. He left the throne. Technically, he's still God. Obviously, we know that. That's been tough. But he came down from heaven to us as the Lamb of God. But remember, 40 days after he rose from the dead, with victory over everything, with victory over death, victory over Satan and all his work, his dominion, victory over everything. He now owned, well, he owned everything before that because he created everything and he still owns everything. We are just stewards. We are not the owners of ourselves. We are not the owners of our house. We are not the owners of our job, of our businesses. We are not the owners of our cars. Because we're stupidly, you know, buy them through the use of debt, jump moving ahead of God. Uh, that is another lesson, actually. So I'm not gonna do that. Uh, God owns everything. We are just stewards. We now, once we become believers in Jesus Christ, become a steward of our house. That marriage is a stewardship. That marriage is His vessel for those in a marriage. That that tool that that he God uses to show what a true biblical marriage is. Divorce is not an option. You will you will see in here in the first for quite a bit of thousands of years. It really doesn't say how many times because God doesn't want to because God is eternal. He don't want us to focus necessarily on the time. 
They just know they were in those locations for a while. They were glorifying him. At this point, they were both right with God. They were both saved, as we call it. But that doesn't mean both of them. In this case, yeah, again, there was no father or mother. But after that, we have one commandment that we better do if we want a long life. We both have to honor. No wife has the right to say, well, ignore your mother and father. They're sick, they're ill. No. His parents become hers and her parents because his. Don't cause the wife any stress by saying, look, you know, we're going to stick them in the home. No, 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 no. If her parents are older and her parents are ill, guys, you care about her parents as much as you did yours. That hopefully that's two families truly if they're all saved. If you got unsaved members in there, preach Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Publicly say it. Do not become secret believers. Uh, we just heard that before. And it's one flesh. So when God speaks to one, they both hear. There's evidences of that throughout all of Scripture. A clear one that's everybody is when Moses and Zipporah. Did they disagree? Oh yeah, I'm sure they wanted to know Human being is perfect. We were all screwed up before God. When one makes mistakes and Moses is a poor, God had temporarily instituted uh, a shadow of his circumcision of the heart. What he does with us with salvation. The foreskin. At, uh, Abraham was told to circumcise his boys. They had two sons. Uh, actually, that's all they had, actually. was I think they only had two children. I'm not sure. I'm not going to go to that teaching. The Bible may say we have more, but I'm just not recalling it. He was told to circumcise it. For some reason, he wasn't doing it. Whether his eyes were focused on the ministry he had, on the shepherding, I don't recall. I don't remember. However... But the fact that the fact that the Bible does say that Zipporah grabbed, grabbed a flint, a stone, and cut her son's foreskin off. Glad we don't have to do that now, because we're New Testament now. That is not a requirement. You got some that still want to live in the Old Testament. Don't do that. God didn't call us to live in the Old Testament. Those are examples that point to the New Testament, but don't live in it. We're obviously not going to pick up a stone to beat somebody when they screw up. We're going to love them, but we are going to point out the sin. We're going to let God expose it. We're going to say, Jesus died for it. He was born. He was buried. He was rose again for it. Let's take it to him right now. I'll go with you. Let's confess him. Just confess that's your words of confession and repentance. Don't do it again. Period. End of story. <clears throat> Jesus says he's the, he's the advocate when we're believers. Don't say he's an advocate to the lost yet, but he's the Savior and he's the way, the truth, and the life. When holy when he saves us and we wholly become his, he owns everything. He owns us. He has every right to tell us where to go, when to stay, when to leave, when to go. To tell us, don't buy that. It's going to be harmful to you. Or go ahead and take that one. Buy that one. Every single thing. We can't breathe without him. So why are we not going to say, why are we going to be foolish enough to say, well, he allows us to do this. We can't even breathe without him. The most basic right. Without breath, we're dead. Physically dead. So one flesh. Verse 25 really gets it. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Two things were naked. 
It's interesting with that one. Yes, they were physically naked before the fig leaves, before the the flesh covering. Um, but naked also in the Bible also means we're open before God. He sees every sin. He hears every curse word we say against him. It's him we sin against. He's, he sat there on the throne. David was a man after his heart, King David. But he watched up, and I'm sure he was prompting him in the spirit because the Bible's clear about that. He was saying, don't do it. You're not even supposed to be there. You're supposed to be with your boys out fighting that war. Instead, he stayed behind, and then pride entered in. Once one sin came in, that was like a flood. That's like you pour a glass of water on a counter and don't stop it before it runs over the edge. Well, it's just going to keep going, and then it's going to keep running further down. It's just like it's going to, it may hit something if you put a piece of paper on the floor. Eventually, that paper is going to become soaked. Ooh, that's a pretty good visual expression. I may have to try that one. Um, but when it says naked, yeah, physical, but also spiritually, because he sees everything. Each other, the husband Adam and Eve were both, now Eve hadn't got her name yet, it was still saying wife. Actually, I was just saying a man, actually. Um, they were naked, they weren't ashamed. They were saying myself, oh man, okay, I'm not even going along that line, because that would be perverted. Uh, but they, they had obviously made a mistake, because they were both naked, they were naked spiritually, emotionally. Now they were right with God. So. So that they had no sin yet. They had not crossed that line. That's the next chapter. Uh, but one flesh. So again, don't say they both knew. Now Adam heard the commandment first. Uh, now I've heard it taught, but no scriptural backup to it say, well Adam didn't teach his wife. Bible don't say that. They became one flesh. When one hears the commandment, when you're true, when God such as our mate, when God brings it to her, we are not supposed to look. We went, we're so stupid to listen to people misinterpret Proverbs, what was it, it's in 18, I believe, where it says, we, we will find a wife, finds favor with God. Stop, don't let Satan leave out, finds favor with God. It's not to say, Adam did not, um, Adam. Actually, Adam didn't go looking. He desired to help me. He was physically alone. And he says, well, I ain't going to touch that, you turtle. I mean, that's like sick. Uh, I'm not going to touch that skunk. I mean, because it doesn't even look like me or similar to me. Now, obviously, a man and a woman don't look alike. <laughs> but there's similarities. There's only a few extra, a few differential uh, tools there. I'm leaving that one. Uh, by the way, that don't mean exposes. And the only one that's going to see each other naked now. Under the uh, sin, and um, and then the, and then Jesus Christ should be God first. Well, I guess I doctors to a point. Uh, that was even cautiously, but a husband and wife, they're the only ones that should see us naked. Do not expose yourself. Bible says that over in First Corinthians seven, I believe. I can't quote. It may not be there. Maybe nine. Uh, where it says now at that point. <laughs> The body belongs to God. It's his temple. Once we become believers. However. But the body, you know, the wife's body is the man's. The man's body. Uh, the husband's body is the wife's. It's theirs. Do not withhold sex. Until your husband makes more money. Husbands do not withhold sex. I'll tell you until they do their part. No, 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 no. 
Bible will say to do that. Husbands and wives are to come together. If you're not married, don't even think about sex. Don't even, if you're thinking about it, Satan is tempting you. Look at the door of escape. Look at Jesus Christ. Do not even cross that line. You cross that line, you're bringing in a whole bunch of consequences. You have a child outside of wedlock out there, you're bringing in consequences. However, if you're a true believer, you slip, we're gonna slip. Don't let sin kill you, as James says. When we receive sin, we make a mistake, boom. Let the Spirit of God catch you right there saying, don't take another step until you get along with me. And then confess it, repent it, God. It's before you. I believe that Psalm 51, which is David's example, when he was confronted with it, saying, I'm here. Confess me. I died for it. I suffered for that. For you, I'll take it away. I'll take it away. Now, that don't mean there's not going to be consequences in there. And then say, okay, Lord, this child's not supposed to have a husband and a wife and a man and a woman in that household. A mother and a father in that household. It probably will be the one that <clears throat> you became one with. When we have sex outside of marriage, before we know Jesus Christ, basically we're both playing the part of a harlot. A harlot, plain and simple, biblical term, you know, definitions using strongs is the same definition of a whore. Husbands, you played a whore when you went and had sex. When you get tempted, when you see another woman that's not your wife, flee. If it's the consequence, if the consequences result as Joseph did when he left Potiphar's wife, then so be it. If she's gonna turn around and lie to her husband, uh, so be it. Let God deal with her. I didn't see where she repented and told her husband says, that was me that did it. I lied. He didn't touch me. He did the right thing. Somewhere, somewhere she may have. She may have down the line told him that. And he probably says, Honey, you acted like a slut. You acted like a whore. But I still love you. I'm not going to give up on you. But it needs to come out. It didn't say she did that. It said she continued with the lie. If she died in that lie, didn't repent, she's in hell. We don't know. We'll have to wait till heaven singing. Did she get right with you? No. So, nothing we can do about it. That's gone. Once we draw a breath, there's nothing. That lesson came from somebody. So, if somebody's lying, guys, it could be the same thing. Don't be flirtation with another woman. Do you see another woman just like a whore? If it's in a job, leave. Just say, God, what am I doing? Yeah, I need a paycheck. I want a paycheck. I want to be the provider. I want to be the vessel. That your provision comes through. By the way, that's another correction. Notice that don't say Adam is the provider. God is always the provider. Guys, God created that woman. He provided her for you. Lead her according to God's way. She's your helpmate. Rock with her. Ladies, don't cause your husband to stumble. Remember what Job's wife did. Can you imagine that wife? She did not come from God at that particular moment. Now she did. She must have repented when he corrected her. Imagine having a wife you thought was godly. Go to church with you, prays with you, and then being told, Man, just curse God and die. You're going to keep your integrity now? A godly woman is not, well, she may slip, because that makes her stumble. So we're not going to hit her out of it, out there. But what was his response? He didn't do it. He didn't listen to her. He just says, what are you talking about? I mean, God gives, he can take. He'll move us somewhere. When God's ready to move us, if we don't obey him, we're not listening to his voice, 
His voice is the only voice we both need to be listening, husbands and wives. Now, husbands, you're going to hear your wife's voice. Wives, you better listen to your husband's voice out there. When he's listening to God and she's listening to God, you don't know which one God's going to... But if you know it's contrary to God's word, correct her lovingly. So, honey, that's not what God says. Why do, why do we want to do anything other than what God says? God has provided our whole marriage, our whole life, even before we our past cross. Ow. Brother, this is somebody specific. Did you pray this brick? Keep it up, I'm going to pray it back to you. Uh, that was a side, uh, little humor to somebody else. I'm sure he's probably going to listen to this. Uh, we go get a brick. You go get a brick out of it. But anyways, God's using the correct. We need to get back to the biblical standard that starts here. It starts in Christ Jesus. Jesus left the Father. However, if we always say using that one verse that so many ministers have incorrectly applied, say automatically thinking, okay, now here it is talking male, man, female, uh, not just mother and father. It's not just that one. They both do. A wife can't say, well, I could stay with my mommy and daddy, could care for her. No, 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 no. Both the man and the woman have to honor their mother and father, whether they're believers or not. Whether daddy was in the house, was in the house or not. Whether daddy did right. Daddy could be in prison. Daddy could have done something to his little girls that father should not be doing. That don't give us the right to still not honor them. We honor them only sick. God, I forgive them. I give them over to you. Save them. We should never want anyone, no matter how bad they did, to go to hell. If we do not tell them to get right with God and they leave, it may just be that one. Divorce has been made too easy on that one. When God, Jesus even said it himself. This very thing in the New Testament, in Matthew I think he did it in two places actually Possibly three He says divorce is never me Notice God didn't put an option And say well, when you become dissatisfied With one or the other Then you can just divorce He even said where divorce came from When Mo- when he told Moses the institute That was for the hardness of their heart Because they were lost They were not obeying God They wanted to be able to have an easy in as the out We want an easy life Down here Jesus said it clearly. Once we become his, it will never be easy. People hated him. They're going to hate us. We have to continue speaking the gospel. The words of repentance that Jesus Christ himself spoke and taught about. Ministers, if you're not teaching all the words of Jesus Christ, then you're not a minister of God. You could could be a minister of Satan, though. If you're teaching religion, if you're teaching to please people, to fill seats, you just left God. But this repentance and confession made available every second. More, Some of us, like me, have to use it every day to say, God, I screwed up again. When we repent, we're not going to screw up there. I screwed up in this area now. I didn't screw up in that area. I think I'm always screwed up every day. But again, husbands and wives, 
You can see clearly you are one flesh with your husband. Once we say I do, that is a covenant. That's a vow before automatically God. Whether you're Christians or otherwise, it's still a vow before God. And God will always respond to his vow. He stands behind his covenants and he expects us to do the same. But if we're not believers, we don't even know who God, who's our God. First and foremost, Satan is, a, is our God until we know Jesus. Guys, God's not going to send you an ungodly woman to be a wife. Girls, God's not going to send you an ungodly woman. Don't go by if they just go to church. Or if they try and be good people. If they work hard, they make a lot of money. That is not an institute. But you notice in here, again, I don't know how that false teaching started. I don't want it. Or deceptive teaching, whatever. Where it says, oh, the man is only the provider. That shows it right here. Both were called into the work. Now, first work is to glorify God in that marriage. God stays first. They're both going to spend their time. Plus, they're spending now corporate time together. Basically, marriage, this was the first church. The two of them. This was before church. The children came after the fall. Because we're going to remember who Satan went after. The second one. Yes, she is the weak one. Ladies, that's not saying God is saying you're weak. In the New Testament, husbands and wife, man and woman, are equal to a point. But they're still in order. It's God first. Because he always was. The order of creation. That's the order that God will stand behind. So stop changing his orders. When God turn, allows it to be turned around, that's not a good thing. It's not saying God is giving evil. No, he's turning you over to yourselves. He's turning you over to Satan. Those words in Isaiah chapter 3 where it says, Women will rule over you and children will be your leaders. He's removing men out of the picture and he's turning that generation. And it may be now because we can look around the world to see it. He's turned that generation over to Satan. Hopefully when God allows that to the destruction of the flesh, not the soul. He still wants repentance to turn around. I don't know where that came from. Must have hit the wrong button. Uh, he wants us to repent, but he says it clearly over in Corinthians. If we refuse discipline, we refuse instruction, we refuse cor- his correction, he'll turn us over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. To bring us to that one place. Now we know in Revelation. Once that moment comes. There's going to be some. There's going to be many. That's still going to refuse his correction. And they're going to say. You know what. I'd rather go with Satan. Into the lake of fire forever. You got to be so blind. So evil. When that one. But God doesn't want it. You're choosing to say. I don't care what. I don't want you. I want Jesus Christ to rule. Receive the correction. Receive the order of God that he created. He knows what he's doing. All wisdom, all righteousness, all justice resides in him. Don't let Satan take turn the order around. Satan has had a lot of practice since the beginning. Way before any of us. These are our first parents. 
Are we going to be just like him and continue going down the path? Or are we going to follow God? They, they had the opportunity. Everything was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. They were <clears throat> working together until Satan came in the garden. Until he stuck his nose. The very snake, the very serpent that Adam would have named. He wouldn't know what he was. Why he was silent? We'll never know that. That was Ed, uh, to me, that was Adam's sin. He stood by there and let his wife be tempted. Guys, when you see the, when you sense the enemy is coming, contrary, she speaks stuff contrary, I said, mmm, God said, we can have every tree. I don't think there was more than just maybe a dozen trees. We don't know how many there was. You know, this is a whole garden that God created. I'm sure there's probably hundreds of trees, maybe thousands of trees to pick to eat with. He just asked, the first commandment, don't eat this one out of this one tree. If God says don't touch something, why are we going to be stupid enough to touch it because it looks pretty? Satan knows how to make sin look very pretty. Satan knows how to let this world, the world around, look very pretty. He can make our job look very pretty with bonuses and money coming in. Satan definitely blesses us or offers us blessings. Be very careful. Make sure that blessings come up for God. You may have extra overtime to have more money in your pocket. You sure it's from God? Are you being a bad steward? See, doing it by stealing from others. See, doing it by bringing in division amongst the, uh, um, amongst coworkers. I use them to steal from the employer. That's our stewardship as employees. If you're a manager, you're allowing you have a higher accountability before God. One, you can't, you have to manage the hours right. You should not be allowing overtime. You got somebody that can take out more responsibility, use them to do so. To save overtime. I was in a management position for two years in fast food. You know, did I see that back? No. Uh, will I see an attorney? Yes. I will now. I definitely didn't then. Uh, I definitely know it now when we were slapped on the wrist. If we even had an hour overtime, we better, we had to come up with a whole memo, practically. Not literally. Uh, to say why we had that one overtime. We had to get approval at like three levels before we could do it. And we still got chasing, well, better manage your people. Learn what the strengths are and use those strengths. Don't say, I mean, I'm just gonna micromanage. I'm just gonna Push everybody out. You know, if they don't want to bow down to me, Pharaoh wanted everybody to bow down to him. Nebuchadnezzar, king, he wanted everybody to bow down to him or an image of him. Every leader, the Roman leaders, Caesar wanted everybody to bow down. When they didn't bow down to him, when those believers that were tempted, they were killed. Or they were put in the fire. Instead, they had a campfire. They were probably making s'mores. Okay, the Bible didn't say that. I figured I'd throw that out. Haven't been to camping. You know, can you imagine? You say to myself, if you don't bow down to us, you're fine. If you don't bow down to us, we're going to take everything. I don't know nothing. Take everything. I got a van outside by side. I got clothing. I got a sleeping bag. God's going to raise up. God can easily raise up someone to say, you ain't got to sleep outside. I got an extra room in my house. Come on in. Let's go. Then we're going to pray to God. God, where do you want me next? When God closes, allows one door to close, there's another door. But it may involve 
moving. When God's ready for us to say, He's calling us, but we're ignoring Him, saying, move here. God's not gonna call a husband without a wife. He's not gonna call a wife without a husband. It's because I need you to move over there and leave your wife. No, 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 no. They both went. They're both hearing it. Yes, as men, we're the ones God's gonna call to first. She's already heard it, she's gonna go along with it. Wives, when you know your husband wants to obey God and you want to obey God, then you're gonna know he's not gonna listen to Satan. He's not gonna say, go over here because it looks pretty. Yeah. Lot probably did that because he chose the land of Sodom and Gomorrah because of what it looked, because it looked good. Yeah, until God sent down uh, that um, fire yourself from Brimstone and destroyed it. But God already knew he was going to give Abraham and his descendants that land, that land that Israel is at now. Stop trying to take it from them. They have to be stewards of that land. Have they always been stewards? No, that's what they've removed from it several, at least six, seven times or more. We know of at least six or seven times. He used the last empire, the Roman. But now it's about the land. Now the next promised land that we have to go into is heaven, and that's after we depart from this earth. Then we're going to get that promise when we stay in Jesus Christ. So again, husbands and wives, are you being stewards of God? Are you a big, is God Lord of their house? Jesus Christ or are you allowing the serpent to come in guys if your wife's being uh, tempted uh, by Satan if he's uh, first of all wives why are you having a conversation with Satan nowhere in scripture are we told to have a conversation we're not even told to rebuke rebuke him Michael over in Jude when the Bible says clearly when he was fighting over the body of Moses that's the only place in scripture I've seen that it's not written I haven't found it anywhere in the New Test in the Old Testament. But obviously it happened because it says it. If God says it, it's true. He didn't rebuke him. He said, the Lord rebuke you. You don't have, now they were fellow archangels. Cause that's exactly what Lucifer used to be. That's why he knows the scripture, but he knows how to leave out one wording. We can remember Genesis chapter 3. I think he took out one word or he twisted one or two words. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, psst, I still can't wait to ask Jesus. I'm going to say, what did you think when you knew Lucifer was coming to you? He said, oh man, I haven't ate physically in 40 days and 40 nights, and now I got to deal with him. So, okay, go ahead, have at it. <laughs> Take your best shot, which still was defeated. Um, he twists the scripture. He used the Bible out of context. He still does it today. He he uses the flesh. He tries to satisfy the flesh. First was hunger, then it was power. Jesus didn't need to receive his, receive him as power. He is all powerful. Everything is his in the beginning. He created by him, through him, as we're told in Philippians, I believe. Where's it called? Yeah, I believe it's Philippians. Um, everything's already his to begin with. When he was on the power. He went to Psalm 92 and he twisted it. He left out verses. When you hear what you think is the te- is a tent, now maybe from God, but go and check it. Open that verse and go look at it. If it looks, and I'm not saying just wording phraseology with the, the different translations. Yes, look at that, but check those meanings. Study it. God, is this from you? If it's from Him, then God just gave you a command. Obey it. But if it's clearly a twisting, Satan's going to flee. You went to God first. You went to his word. He's going to say, dang, I lost that one. Goodbye. 
but he came only in the flesh. He came with Eve from the flesh. He twisted. He left out one word. He says, there's nothing wrong with that tree. Look at it. It's perfect. He gives us the look at sin. You know, gosh, he's saying, man, look at that guy. He's rich. He makes a lot of money. He's power until you come in, take over. Go ahead. Take that money. Take that power. Go ahead. Go after sex. Forget about your husband. Let him go. Or forget about that guy that is before you. Forget about God. Follow me. I'm God. I'm the true God. He can disguise himself as an angel of light. It says in Corinthians, Second Corinthians. And so can his demons. And so can his children. Because he's trained them up. They're his. You got people in pulpits that are actually Satan disguised an angel of light. They're false. They're using scripture to tickle the flesh. Guys, recognize that deceitfulness. Jesus doesn't come to appeal to the flesh. Because these fleshy bodies are temporary. He'll cover them if they're careful. God still gave a covering of flesh. Because now they were sin. And then he provided clothing. But he killed an animal to do it. He covered it over with whatever animal he needed at the time. Flesh, leather, who knows, it could be anything. It could be cattle. He killed something else living that he created to cover humanity. Humanity is his best creation. We are in his image. We have three distinct references or characteristics. You know, soul, body, uh, it's not flesh because it's here. And spirit. I couldn't think of what they were drawing out. We are the likeness. We will be, for us the believers, above the angels. The angels never had that. The angels obey him perfectly except for that one fourth that Satan took with him when, when he wanted to be God. That third temple that will be built in Israel, in Jerusalem. The capital of it, God's chosen city, from when he formed the body, God will not set down in it. Satan will. And he'll declare it to the whole world during that time. That's going to be a lot more than back where it was first written out. He'll declare he's God, and that's it. That's when Jesus comes back with his army saying, done. And that's when... Pretty much as earth comes, this whole earth is dying. We can't save it. No government can save it. It's passing away. God's already said it. When God says something, it's gonna come to pass. It may not be in our lifetime, we don't know. But God. So again, husbands, stop letting your wife talk to Satan. You yourselves stop telling the Satan. Wives, stop telling your husbands to sell their souls to Satan, to provide that big house, to provide that big car. To do whatever they can to make six figures, seven figures, to provide that big house for them and the children. To make those contacts so the kids can just call on those contacts and continue in that demonic lifestyle. There are wives out there that are turning their husbands over to Satan so they can be feel good in the flesh. There are husbands out there that are letting their wives woo them not according to scripture. Repent before God. Get right with God. Both individually. That has to be at first. You can't corporately repent. You can go there as one flesh. And confess. God we screwed up before you. I screwed up before you. 
I'm the one, the first creation. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the first creation, the first Adam. Now I'm part of the second Adam. Father God, forgive me, Lord, that I allowed this to happen. The wife, forgive me, Lord, that I allowed my husband to do this. Or oh, I did this. I sinned against you and then corporately. Father, help us to glorify you in this household. Whether our kids receive you or not, we're going to follow you. We're going to lead them according to your word. And that's it. What you allow us to have as stewards, Imagine until you remove it, until you take us wherever you want us to go, what city, what town. Help us to honor our mother and father as long as they have life. If they haven't received Jesus Christ, help us to not just speak the name of Jesus. Tell them what better, but also to live it out in Jesus' name. Again, so I got convicted on that one. But, wives, you can still be used by God. You're called by God to correct your husband when he messes up. That's the first place probably God's going to go. He's going to go to what's of one flesh that he allowed it to be one flesh. If you're in a uh, unbiblical marriage relationship right now, just surrender. Both of you surrender individually before Jesus and then corporately say, okay, everything is God's now. Guys, if you're married to an unbeliever, pray for her. Love her like Jesus loves the lost. Show herself. Continue to be there for her. When you have a disagreement, don't go to sleep. I practiced that before I even knew it was in Scripture. Uh, tried to practice that. It was a, I didn't even know why I was doing it. I just knew I had to go right. Don't let you go to sleep. Wives, don't let your girls go to sleep. When you have a disagreement, remember there's two personalities. More likely, God did not bring two perfect personalities together. There's differences in there. Not because he likes suffering or punishment, because he wants to be glorified. If you're bringing everybody alike and if all the right dots are changed, if you're looking at external saying, <laughs> Man, God's not you. Know, I'm white, she's black, vice versa. God ain't gonna look at that stuff. Where's your heart? Is your heart right with them? Are you totally surrendered? You owe nothing, everything has been turned over to God. Car, house, everything. You know, God will get glory in that. I don't see a lot of truly biblical marriages anymore, but the one, the few that I do see, it has nothing to do with this two personalities for those that I happen to know on the outside. They're gonna have similar callings though. They're called to be, you know, guys, you're not called to be a wife's helper. She's called to be yours, however, but she's gonna enter into the work. God's gonna call both. He's not gonna say to one spouse say, well, I want you just to travel the world and leave your husband home. Or he's not going to say to the husbands, I want you to travel the world and leave your wife home. She's going to wedge you and so the kids. In most cases. I don't believe in, you know, breaking up. Now, there were times in the time of war, husbands went out to the war out there um, for a particular time. When you get alone with God, you're going there alone. Open the Bible, you're praying. Well, like you're gonna pray for your spouse, you're gonna pray for your kids, uh, whether adopted or otherwise, if God's given you kids. If not, you're gonna pray for your parents, you're gonna pray for your co-workers, your friends, wherever it is. There's nothing in there saying, you know, both jobs, since you're both called to a work. The work of God, first and foremost, where He's working at. It could be both called to a workplace. 
yeah, there are certain priorities, there are certain characteristics that God builds into the to the man and the woman that only a man and a woman can do. But this one characteristic that he will never take out, it takes a man and a woman that he brings forth that child. He's not going to bring two men and two women. I'm standing behind that. The Bible's standing behind that. And God is going to stand behind me. Anyone that's going to go against that is not just fighting that flesh. You can take all that person's possessions. You can put that person in prison. You can either have him put to death and call it hate. But you're fighting God. Whenever we fight God, we will always lose. 100%. We may end up in hell because we continue fighting God. We continue rejecting Him. We go say, wait a minute, why am I in hell? That person is the one who was hating. No, he didn't. No, she didn't. They spoke the truth according to my word. You rejected it. The truth is plain. Those that reject it foolishly look and took the actions, whether you're in marriage or not, we know outside of marriage is sin before God. Inside of marriage or not, it took a mother and a father. It took a man and a woman for God to bring forth that child. You may not believe in a, in the true God or not, but it still took a man and a woman. You can say, well, I'm going to do a sperm bank. It still took the seed that's a man and the seed that's a woman. It still took the two of them together. There's no differentiate. If you have question whether God made you man or woman, when you get out of the shower or bath, look in the mirror. Hello. There's a distinct differential between the two. It took that action to two. That's where it's, I don't understand when people can say one or the other. They're going against God. You're fighting against God. You can hate the, you can hate the person that spoke the truth. That's okay. Jesus spoke the truth and they hated him. To death. Some of them died, never received them. They're in hell now saying, what did I do? Oh, did I mess up big time? I says, yeah. Is there correction then? Nope. Not once you draw that last breath. Just come to it. Receive it. Look at it. It's clear before us. Even me, all the foolishness, the foolish stuff I did before that, now it's all gone. It's washed under the blood of Jesus Christ. But we must stand up for the truth of Jesus Christ if we're a true believer. We have to stand up. God is not going to use fleshly means to reveal for those, those of us, those of y'all that God has foreordained to be married in a man or relationship, husband or wife. He's not going to use fleshly means. He's not going to, you won't see the scripture where he's going to tell us, you know, now somebody just loser out there, you know, never wants to work. You know, Bible says about that, if we're not willing to work, and by the way, that's another verse, quickly, real quick, only real quick, that Satan has been using lately to say, if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible doesn't say that. It says, if you're not willing to work. It's killed me those times when I didn't work, because I've been working since I was 12, 13 years old. I love to work. Do I always like a uh, workplace? No. Have I had that now, since I've been born again? Were every one of my boss believers? I had one that was a professing believer. But when I saw his actions, God ain't gonna use him to do that. He's not gonna, he's not gonna let a believer to do that. He's gonna let an unbeliever do that. Do I still pray for him and love him? Yeah. 
I turn my best to obey. But if you get an unbeliever as a boss, that person is never going to receive the truth. Just through your actions alone and through your words. They're never going to pray. They're going to do whatever they can to push you out that door. But until God says it's time, you're there. That person cannot do nothing to get you out that door. They're going to find out there's always a way. I've been in management. There's always a way to get somebody out that door. Because we were all perfect. We could say, well, I never made a mistake. So I've never been fired. I said, then you obey God every single time. And that's good. That's commendable. But I don't think that's the case. Any management, anywhere, at any level, can always find a reason to fire somebody. Or to get rid of somebody. Can always find a reason. Because we're always... We're not flawless individuals. We're not sinless like Jesus was. Our sins now are washed in the blood of Christ. They'll find something. I was told by my boss's boss when I knew the end of my time at the school system was coming to the end. There's nothing I could do to save it. Boss's boss, because my boss was having surgery, would tell me to do something. When I did it, and it still failed, I did it right to the T. Exactly. She still said it was wrong. She gave me something else to do. I did it. Exactly. Right to the T. Still gave me wrong. It was all false teaching. The bad part was, the grieving part before God and actually before me, was she professed being a Christian. Attended church on a weekly basis. But yet she foolishly did false instruction, false teaching. I still hope she got right with God. Still love her as a, you know, she still claimed to be Jesus Christ. Her, but those actions there were not biblically lined up. When it shows clear, somebody professes Jesus Christ, but their actions are contrary to the word of God, and they didn't repent and confess. More likely you are not a Christian. Confession and repentance are constantly part of our makeup now. Same thing with husband's wives. When you screw up, you don't give up. Jesus says, was asked how many times to forgive? Just once or seven? No. Try seven times seventy. I'm sure that's per hour or per day. Out there for as long. It's definitely more than just forever. Say, so, okay, I'm gonna keep going until I get to four hundred ninety uh times. No. Yeah, that's per day. Well, screw not that many times, then there's another problem going on. But uh forgiveness is part of it. That's the first example of forgiveness. It says, mm, I'm not giving up. Then you fast and pray. If it's the wife fasting and praying for the husband, or if it's the husband fasting and praying for the wife, saying, I'm not really, you know what, dear? I'm not really hungry. You ain't got to tell if She's in rebellion. You ain't got matter of fact, that's probably going to bring up more anger. Just, I'm not really hungry. I need to go get along with God. Oh, man. Most 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 spouses will like that if you really spend time with God to pray. But do they know you're praying for you <laughs> to repent, to confess? Probably not until it comes to that point. I say, you praying for me? Always, I pray for you. Do you pray for me too? Yeah. <laughs> if we're in rebellion, our prayers aren't being heard. I mean, they're not being listened to. I'm sorry. They are being heard. So, I hope that didn't go long. Dang, I did it again. Sorry I went long. I guess it was more 
more to that topic. Getting to still more. I know when I look at the notes, the guy gave me. Uh, still got it going, Lord. Father God, I pray that you will touch all marriages, that you foreordain, Father God, that you will use this to bring correction where correction is needed, rebuke uh, errors where it's strayed, and may your loving and awesome forgiveness, grace, mercy, and forgiveness be with them each and every day. My Lord, will you bless marriages uh, according to your word, according to your riches and your grace, Father God, will you continue to allow marriages that you brought forth together uh, to glorify you with each every day Father God may obedience be present in that marital relationship may in every area of life in the neighborhoods in their own families may you be glorified and high and lifted up above everything I ask this in the name of Jesus Amen love y'all